Go on then. So, uh, hey up. This is just a little bit at the start of the show. Um, this week is with Tim Linghouse. We had a little Zoom chat with him and we are fresh from that chat right now. So we thought we'd just give you a heads up. There are a couple of little moments where the Wi-Fi might go a bit wobbly because Tim is in Germany. Um, not he only is. is he in Germany, he's not actually in a main city. He's in a small town uh, a few miles outside of Hamburg. But let's let's be honest, let's not blame his Wi-Fi because no, no, no. it was definitely no, ours. No, it's definitely his Wi-Fi. <laughs> Terrible Wi-Fi, Tim. Sort it out. <laughs> um, yeah, our Wi-Fi is shit right now. So, uh, you know, just... I mean, if you're a listener of this podcast, you're used to cutting us some slack on the technical side. So keep continuing to do that. <laughs> also, we have cherry-picked a section from this podcast, uh, as will be the way from now on, to make our own little patreon version of the show yep basically if you head over to our patreon and you are a subscriber of our patreon you will now receive a little bonus podcast uh, which is based around the idea of delving into artists lyrics and artists kind of like processes and things like that and really getting into the weeds with it and it's a, it's a place where I don't know. I, I think it's good for artists to really, really kind of explore what they do and how they create and the, the meaning behind what they do. So that is our new little segment over at our Patreon. You will be able to find the link to that Patreon in the show notes. So if you want to check that out and you're a little bit more curious about Tim's work, then please do head over there. There's lots of little extra bits and bobs over there apart from the podcast anyway. Uh, but for now, we're going to let you get on with the podcast. Enjoy, guys. All right, hello and welcome to another episode in what is going to be the second series, essentially, uh-huh. of Who the Fuck is Delia, the mm-hmm. podcast that uncovers the plight of the creative who might not just yet be so successful that their Glastonbury set is being rerun on the BBC. Oh, that is a thing right now, isn't it? I'm just trying to stay current, you know? Yeah, right. well done. And this will be out two or three weeks later than we're actually recording it, so I'm already out of date yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> but you are. glastonbury was supposed to be last weekend this weekend it was it was um mm. we're recording this at the end of june i've uh, seen i've seen so many people having like glastonbury parties in their back garden and i'm like that's not really the point do you know what as someone <laughs> who's never thing. been to glastonbury i just i just don't like those people <laughs> <laughs> because i'm jealous because <laughs> at least they've had that experience you know what i mean yeah. and people that go to glastonbury love love glastonbury don't they oh yeah and I just, I haven't had that experience and I want to be that person. Yeah. But because I'm not that person, I don't wish them well. Great. Because <laughs> that's the kind of person I am. Great. Anyway, uh, obviously I'm here. My name's Alex. Yeah. And Michelle's here. Hi. And this week we're doing things a little bit differently at the moment, obviously because of the COVID-19 outbreak. So we're having to social distance, although that has allowed us to open the door to go further afield than we would normally go and we reached out to someone who we actually recommended on the podcast ages and ages and ages and ages and ages ago i think we've recommended on the podcast more than once (laughs) (laughs) and coming all the way from germany via zoom we have tim linkhouse with us hey how's it going it's cool it's cool thank you very much for inviting me to the podcast i'm really honored no problem we're we're fans. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, just, uh, we're just like fangirling right now. Nice. Yeah. Um, how, long, how long was it ago? Like two years, maybe? Something like that. We came across it was, it was, we came across memory sketches, didn't we? We, yeah, we came across the B-sides of memory sketches first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And So this like yeah, one and a half years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then sort of got hooked. And we are such fans that I have a vinyl of your last album yeah. in the other room really? yeah, yeah we cool. do yeah Thank you. Nice. that was uh that was a little christmas present it was christmas present for me yeah nailed that one you can be you can literally be on hard rotation in our flat on a, Whoa, on a friday nice. night Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much nice. no worries thank mm-hmm. you for agreeing to come on i i'm like i'm such a fan of all of your artwork tim it's all so good like the, the the main reason I started listening to memory sketches was because I I kind of just came across the album and seen the uh, the album artwork and was like oh holy shit I want to I want to listen to that that's good yeah really yeah oh I, I gotta I gotta tell this uh, Alex who does it oh really yeah he okay. does he, he does all all the artwork and 
he will be so happy hearing this. Yeah, well, tell him that's that's what that's what drew me in initially. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because because that's how it is at the moment, isn't it? You're scrolling through Spotify and Apple and whatever it is you use, and if it's good artwork, then you you go to it regardless. Um, absolutely but for anyone who doesn't know about you and what you do and those who listen to the podcast who might not actually go and check out all of the recommendations could you could you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you, what it is you do of course i can um yeah i started making like piano based music back in i think it was 2017 or was it 2016 no, 17 i don't know like three or four four years ago Mm-hmm. And I, I released a little EP called Wire on Moderna Records in Canada. Uh, they are quite quite busy. I have a lot of really cool artists like uh, Ed Carlson or Daigo Hanada and, and, and other really amazing uh, stuff. stuff. And um, after that, I released Memory Sketches with uh, Skull Records in Japan and uh, 1631 Recordings in Sweden, and that was sort of my first uh, full-length album. And yeah, then the B-sides, and the last bigger thing I released was the vinyl. Like the, the album was called uh, "We Were Young When You Left Home," and yeah, that's sort of my release history. And and the newest stuff is called "Geisterwelt EP," and um, and the next stuff which is already finished, by the way, is called, or will be called Venus Years, and it will be a vinyl too. Nice. But it will come out, in, I don't know, maybe at the end of 2020 or even uh, beginning of 2021. Right, so, okay. Yeah. It's crazy the way we work like that, right? It's like when you're releasing one thing, you're already bored of the next thing yeah. that you're about to release. <laughs> it's really crazy. And it's every time, every time it's the same. Like uh, when, when people listen to it the first time, you you have the next thing ready or finished, yeah. ready to release again. And yeah. it's crazy. It's really crazy. I think it's mad because, as well how, sorry, go on. No, just, I just wanted to add that, that uh, especially vinyl pressing, it, it takes so much time and there are like waiting lists and you have to wait for months to get your vinyl pressed so yeah yeah well i'll put in my order for the next vinyl now (laughs) (laughs) like i think it's mad how you can and i've been in i've not well actually i have been in bands that have had this conversation but i've been around bands that have this conversation quite a lot and uh it's that conversation of having like one song that you think is your your golden ticket song and you don't release it now I'm going to release that after I've built up some momentum with blah, 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 blah. And I can think of, yeah. I can think of one band I know that released a song um, on an on a early EP and it was their huge set finisher. You know, it was the song that the whole crowd was singing along. If you'd never seen them before, by the end of the song, you were singing along to it. Mm. And they sort of did a decent enough recording for this EP and then this label that bought into them decided we need to get rid of that EP because we want that song and it's going to be the The big, the song. And they're like, after this album, okay, after this next EP. And then the band broke up. And it never got released. And it never got released. And this one song just never made it out in its, you know, to be as good as it could have been. That's a shame. So what's the message for us then? Just release it when you've got it. Yeah, release. Put your best foot forward, right? Yeah, I think so because you're always going to, like I think people get afraid of like getting right, writer's block and never having never being able to write that same thing again. But you're always creating, you're always developing, you're always going to write better stuff. You know, you're always going to. I think you need to not be scared of the fact that you'll never write anything better than that one song. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Right, I agree. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it pushes you to write a better song. Well, yeah. Right. So like you can go okay i've put my best one out now i need to the next one needs to be even better rather than oh don't worry it doesn't need to be that good because the good one's coming out in a few weeks yeah. <laughs> i know exactly what you're talking about yeah. um so we, we're having a little bit of that now with our short film that we made because uh obviously we we're supposed to tour it and touring isn't happening right now um but one thing that you used to do that we saw quite like quite a lot on your instagram with these like live exhibition shows um, with with a with a visual 
sort of was it a projection or something that was going on in like an art gallery uh it was it was one uh, concert in in potsdam near berlin and yeah. it, it, it was just i can i can show you actually it is a very very uh, nice. cheap very very cheap uh <laughs> beamer and that's how um the the, the pictures uh were projected uh, to the wall that's, yeah. that's it oh, and nice. yeah that's that's it and so i only had it once because um it, it, it's i had only two two live shows and this one was uh in potsdam inside and the other one i have to tell you about the other one the other one was a show um that uh took place on a lake oh wow like, literally on a lake the, they um had the stage on the lake oh wow like surrounded by water and they had like a really fat cable um underwater and it was a, it, it was a real it was a big stage like and, and i didn't really know how, how they did it but they did it somehow and did you get over like um, on a boat yes yes <laughs> and the crazy thing the crazy thing about it was that it didn't take place like as you know or as you're used to it on like maybe at seven or eight or nine it yeah. was at night oh, so wow. actually the, the 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 set started or the first band played at i think it was four at Whoa. night four in the morning and then um the sun slowly rose Whoa. yeah okay yeah and that sounds amazing they had like i think four or five bands and i played at five i guess it was five and and the sun uh was just coming out or coming out and and was just rising it was oh. it was great and the people like you may wonder how what about people what about audience mm-hmm. they all came with little boats oh. and uh, gathered around the stage if i i don't know i i think someone said that it, it was like 2000 people and they all were all in, in boats boat. all in boats and it was so amazing some people like just closed their eyes and listened other people just drank a coffee or ate some cookies or what and yeah. the music it was it was it was really crazy that sounds amazing was that like a was it a festival or was it just just a one off gig it was i think it's called a festival but it's it's it was only one one morning one night one morning with five bands uh, it's in it's in latvia Wow! Wow! Well, I was from Riga, I guess, from the capital. So when you don't, when you gig, you gig. You don't just gig. You gig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was. It was a coincidence. I know. Just. Uh, I. I just said, of course. I, yes. Let me. Let me do this. Yeah. It was crazy. That is amazing. I suppose they're the kind of avenues that doing music that you do. This sort of. I was going to call it post-classical, but that sounds really stupid. But it's like this kind of avant-garde, instrumental, classical, alternative yeah. like amalgamation yeah. that allows you to do those sort of strange and, and wonderful and weird gigs and weird experiences, I suppose, because you don't have to adhere to like verse, chorus and sing the hook. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, it might be a, a different experience if and you know the the kind of people who listen to your music are the kind of people who want to get up at 4am and go and sit on a boat with their eyes closed and listen to a mu- listen to music with the sunset yeah. you know yeah oh, i wish we yeah. knew knew that i know i yeah, feel like I we do. hang in this strange place where it's like we're not quite a pop band but we're not quite that either so it's no. like <laughs> I, I i think you could play there too i mean uh it wasn't only like piano or synthesizer or string music it was also uh, there was okay kaya she's the pop singer yeah yeah right okay and she played a very quiet set with only her acoustic guitar and nice. her voice it was really nice and there was a local band from riga they um were really loud yeah so <laughs> rock or post-rock stuff so yeah it was, it was a very diverse mixture of, of music nice. and the very first band they were i don't know did they cover pink no i, I don't 
think they covered Pink Floyd, but they had this Pink Floydish attitude, right. Pink Floydish sound. Like nice, a very good guitar player. Sex. I think they had the saxophone too. It was so good. That would have been lovely, and and like listening yes. to that in a boat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so cool. So, why do you choose? Why why do you not gig as often? Is that like a, is that a choice, or is that just happenstance, or? Um, I would say it's both actually. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, playing live is sort of it's a bit difficult for me because I'm not. Um, like a very good pianist, piano player. I mean, I'd, I'd beg to differ, but okay. <laughs> yeah, you had, you had me fooled. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, have, I have combined a lot of stuff and even like the last album and the next full-length album will be even more or will, there will be even more sounds and I don't think that people will call it post-classical anymore. Right. I, I think it will be way more alternative or whatever than the last album. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to get all these things together on stage without other people. Yeah. And so I think um, if someone comes and asks me to play on a lake, I can't say no. No. But no. <laughs> I'm not like looking for shows and concerts all the time. It's, it's all right. Yeah. That's like, that, that sounds really freeing. I, I really like the sound of that because I think we, I think we enjoy playing live so much that we do it as much as we can, but actually yeah. the, the stress of playing live isn't, yeah. it just doesn't pay off sometimes, you know, and obviously yeah. there, there are them odd gigs and we've, you know, we've had we've had them moments where you're like well of course I'm gonna do that gig and afterwards you come off stage and you're absolutely buzzing but I'd probably say like 70% of the time you're just playing to get that little buzz of playing for a moment and then afterwards it's kind of like no that that's done now you know <laughs> but I, I like that approach of being like yeah if something comes my way and it's cool as fuck then obviously I'm gonna do it but otherwise meh yeah, you know, I'm 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 happy being a, a recording artist, and that's I, I've I've seen a lot of people are going more in that direction, and I think even more people will go in that direction now because of you know the whole COVID thing. I ha, I, I don't you know I doubt that the live scene is going to start crashing back anytime soon. Um, yeah. oh, it's definitely yeah. crashing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely know, it's crashing. crashing back. No. <laughs> uh, I I'm in a in a comfortable position because I I don't. I don't necessarily have to play live gigs in order to to make money or to pay my my rent, my my flat, mm. because I have a proper full time job and um, music is some sort of. I mean, all the money that is linked to my music is sort of on top of my wage, you know. Yeah. So I I, I don't really need to do it, and that's that's a privilege, I guess. And so I, I can say, no, I don't, I don't want to do that or I, I don't have to do it. Um, it's a privilege and I'm, I'm quite happy and I, I don't really envy people who have to play, who have to look for gigs all the time. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's, it, it, that's actually a, a different way, a totally different way of looking at it. And I think that has something to do with like the European live uh, scene because apparently... I don't know this because I've never played in Europe, but apparently in Europe you get paid to gig, but in the UK you don't. <laughs> so, I mean, like you. Yeah, you, rumor is. Ru rumor is you actually get paid money in Europe, um, but very scarcely in the UK do you. I mean, you, you you'll get paid your expenses and things like that, but very rarely will you get like a decent wage for paying a gig unless you're quite a big artist. Um, so you know, it's it, looking at it that way round. Actually, have been like, oh, I have the privilege of having a full-time job so you know music is something that I do which extends beyond that whereas I 
I guess I look at it in a way I look at it in a way more stressful way, which is like <laughs> I must be gigging. I need I need to I need to make money from music, but I have to do this other job instead. Instead I should look at it and be like, no, actually I'm very comfortable in the fact that I've got this other job which helps support my art. There's a validation that comes though from playing live that is like it's totally silly and it's totally and it, and it, and it it might not even exist. It might just be in our minds. It but definitely there is. A, is. There's, a, there's a thing that is like, am, am I music if I don't live? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and uh, that's totally stupid, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Even nowadays, in terms of streams and stuff, the streaming uh, platforms. I, I think um, I don't know. Ten years, twenty years ago, um, people made a lot more. Or put a lot more effort in getting gigs. I think because mm -hmm. um, Apple Music, Spotify, all those stream platforms weren't existing at yeah. the time. So, um, and but nowadays maybe those streaming platforms, um, as little as they pay, maybe you know, but they sort of um, get you something. Yeah, and you're not, you know, uh, you don't you don't depend or your your life as a musician when you have to make money doesn't depend on playing live so much yeah totally anymore. yeah but yeah but, but another point is that uh, a lot of musicians like you really like uh, uh, love to play live yeah and and that must be really hard now in in lockdown and corona and covid times yeah. what oh. do you do i mean what do you think about this? What what do you do? I don't know. It? It's, uh, it's well, we've sucks. done a few. We've done a few sort of like live from your home gigs. Yeah, and they're and so just like we're they're quite, not the same. We're quite lucky because we're a couple, so we we've locked down together, so we can do that. But like we've got friends in bands who you know the whole band is dispersed around a city or around a, even around the country. Um, and the lead singer can't do anything because they need the guitarist and the you know so they have to they have to find new ways of doing it and and even then that's not live is it really um we've managed to do a couple of live gigs and when the live gig is happening and when it's done we're kind of like this is enjoyable this is strange but it's enjoyable but before that live gig for some reason it's just stress it is it's a lot of stress because I think it's just because it's a new world. Like, obviously, the more you do it, the more you'll settle into it. But, I mean, even just things of, like, this... N the, like, the audience who tune in are so lovely and they're always, like, commenting and things like that. And you do see, like, lots of feedback on the screen. But it's, like, you don't hear the feedback like you do in the room. You know, you don't see the facial expression that somebody pulls when you sing a certain lyric or you hit a certain note or, you know, you do that thing that always connects when you do it live. So you you just assume that that's there and you have no idea really how it's translating. So it's, yeah, it's just not, it's not the same. And I think, I don't know, I don't know how we're going to get back to normal. There's, there's lots of, people are scrambling a little bit over here. I think there's lots of promoters who are trying to look at ways that they can, you know, start getting back into venues and things like that because all the venues are obviously losing they're hemorrhaging money at the moment and then some of them probably won't open up a lot of the independents might not even open up again and you know they're looking at driving gigs and things like that but because of the limited amount of people that you can get into a space as a that for, uh, you know from before they're just always going to be working at a loss so it's not there's no point in them doing it yet and I think a lot of them are just kind of waiting to gear up for when things get back to normal but I don't know just can't see it. Do you think they could raise ticket price prices for uh... they for could. local gigs? I think it'd be tough, but they definitely there's definitely room to do that, especially considering how much you know big artists charge these days. Yeah. Um, I find it strange for local gigs because in London, if a gig is like eight pounds or ten pounds, people probably pay it. It might be a little bit on the pricier side but they'll probably be like yeah all right for you know for, for smaller bands they'll be like yeah okay but if you go to liverpool where we were based if if the, we were doing a gig and it was 10 pounds i don't think people people just wouldn't come <laughs> it's really strange yeah, yeah it's, it's like yeah it's, it's it's a weird mentality like, like if there's a band that's like uh, uh, like 
sort of a, a slightly higher level and the tickets are 25 30 pounds then yeah they'll pay but if the band is just slightly below that yeah, it's like it's strange if your if your ticket price is below 20 quid they're not going to pay it which is really odd if it's and uh, you know it's it needs to be either 2 quid or 25 pounds yeah and it's almost like it gives it some sort of validation yeah yeah it's good to yeah i don't, I don't know i don't know how they're going to how they're going to recover from it to be honest i think it's all just kind of wait and see and this is the moment that makes me feel lucky to be in the position of an artist because i'm like well you know to be fair we can just move everything digital and you know get on with it and use this time to be super creative but you know the the there are industries that solely rely on huge crowds and they can't do anything without that so no. we'll see yeah we'll see <laughs> we'll see <laughs> <laughs> how about um how does it feel in germany after the like how does the music industry feel around you know what you where you are i have no idea to be honest Okay. I'm not. I'm not well connected, and um, I have no idea. I, I don't know. Yeah. Actually, I really don't know. I think I it's wish I didn't know. <laughs> no, I really, I really don't know. I'm. I'm sorry. Um, I think it's struggle, struggle, and insecurity. I don't know. Yeah, I wish I was in that sort of little bubble in that sense because <laughs> yeah. all i ever do is look at everyone else and <laughs> what they're doing um but like so one thing i was going to say actually about like moving on a little bit from the live thing but but still using it as a reference is that um something that we've gathered through covid19 um or, or this time anyway has been a sort of freedom in writing and being like okay well we don't have to like adhere to rules anymore the and i don't know why we thought we had to adhere to rules in the first place but now we don't have to we definitely don't have to and also we don't have to think about playing these songs live and, and to be fair we haven't thought about that for a while but when you start shedding these so-called rules you then opens up this whole new world and this whole new freedom to what you can write so mm -hmm. like one of the singles we put out last year had a big string orchestra thing going on and like you know <laughs> we don't have access to that but we just thought fuck it we're just gonna do it mm -hmm. um it feels like with your stuff it feels like that freedom is is has always been there because you know memory sketches felt very um sort of uh what's the word like organic and then um we were we were young when you left feels a bit more sort of synthy and a bit more like experimental um is that something that you do on purpose? Are you trying to push yourself creatively or is it just natural what comes out and what comes out comes out? I think it's the second one. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't try to to reach some goal like or reach some special sound or style. It's just uh, naturally coming or it, it just naturally comes uh and falls into place mm -hmm. somehow so i i don't i don't it's, it's it's there's not a purpose somehow no not really okay. just okay. it's just i do what i do if it's if it's a beat that doesn't that doesn't um i don't know that's not modern classical or post classical it's a beat that's not Postmodern classical. Then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, of course, there's a little thing that matters. Um, is it something that my my label's goal in Japan wants to release or not? That's that's yeah. a question. So I, I'm not totally free. Um, I can't like like switch to country music. Maybe. <laughs> I, I you know there's a lot of freedom and and I'm really grateful uh, for getting the chance of like doing this yeah um together with with them and so it's it's yeah there's a lot of freedom well the types of labels that they are i assume that they it seems like the type of labels that appreciate the artist being able to just be like i'm trying something different and that's okay and i'm experimenting a little bit and you know kind of letting the artist take care of the art as opposed to 
you know, putting the restrictions on to be like, well, no, that you know, the second EP wasn't like memory wasn't like memory sketches, so we can't, you know, that's totally different. We don't want yeah. that now. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it seems like they yeah. they encourage the the experiment of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, labels which um, would say it, no, we we can't do it. I mean, they have a point. They have their, I don't know, they have their art and they have their um, aesthetics. And if, if your new music doesn't fit, it's it's perfectly fine to, you know, if they tell you, no, we can't do it. But yes, um, if you if you find a label that, that gives you, like, freedom, it's perfect. It's yeah. Perfect. You mentioned that you have, a like, a full-time job that subsidizes life <laughs> and then you can do the art on top and yeah that's something that i think people who have listened to our podcast and people that do listen to our podcast i think they're people that they, they really appreciate hearing that and knowing that the the music industry just isn't how it used to be in regards to like you know if you were doing sort of this sort of like classical-esque music this post-classical thing you might be a composer who lives in a big mansion on the top of a hill and like that's that's just not the world that we live in anymore and if you're in a if you're in a sort of punk band they think that you know you're injecting heroin into your arm and living that rock and roll lifestyle or if you're if you're a pop singer you're doing the you know you're in la or whatever and it's just not like that it's the other way around today the punk artist lives in a big mansion and the classic artist is like no no we know what you're going to be doing later Um, but like, so do you, do you, is your, is your daily life, is your job that you would, that you, um, your full-time job, is that, is that musical based or is it some, do you like to keep them, keep it com- completely separate? Because I do music production and stuff like that. And we do some sort of covers gigs and I do like podcast production and it's all kind of loosely tangentially connected. Whereas Michelle wants to keep her other stuff, her you know, side hustle or whatever you want to call it. She wants to keep it completely separate from music. How, where do you lie on that? Um, my job is completely separated from, from music. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm a teacher and I don't teach music. Right. Um, the only, the only connection I can see right now is that we have a grand piano in our assembly hall. <laughs> Every now and then I go there and play, but my job actually has nothing to do with with music. Right, okay. That is so cool that you could be like, Mr. Linghouse has a record deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's cool. We're probably going into that world a little bit more, right? I think so. You know, the guy that's serving me my food at the local restaurant or McDonald's or whatever has a record deal or has a publishing contract or whatever, you know? Um, I think that's like we spoke to a guy called uh, Jay Garcher on this podcast and he's he works in sort of marketing and PR and I think he was about 18 or 19 when we spoke to him and so he's from and he's pretty about 20, 21 now and he's he's from sort of Generation Z, Gen Z, the one below us and he's a bit scary to talk to him but he has this really sort of beautiful outlook that like, you know, your your hero could also be a teacher and you know fulfill other dreams as well and not just be like rock star superstar hero yeah yeah it's it's that whole thing of i think we're moving he i I, i've got to contribute this to jay as well but we're it looks like we're moving into a world or the music industry is moving into a world where it's less owned by like big gatekeepers and it's more owned by the artist and the fans and it's a little bit more organic so I think in that world it does make room for artists not just being artists but also having like a multifaceted career um and you know doing a lot a lot of different things as your mum likes to call it a portfolio career she does she does <laughs> like to um so yeah it, it, it seems like the industry's going in that way and I kind of like it yeah like, how do you I'm feel down. about that tim do you is how do you feel about all that is that is that something do you long for the good old days of having a mansion on the hill or do you prefer you know this sort of more humble and like community-led like drive thing you know <laughs> that's, that's a good question that's a really good question a mansion on a hill 
I mean, you know, no one wants like to say no to that, really, do they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can I can tell you that I'm I'm quite happy at the moment because I have sort of a, my mansion on a hill. Um, it's not a mansion on a hill, but it's it's a little house I rent, and it's uh, 50 meters from the sea. Mm. Um, I I I am literally I live at the sea mm. that was. <laughs> One of my dreams when I was a student, um, being a teacher somewhere by the sea, somewhere. And that's, you know, this dream has fulfilled. So um, I'm quite happy with what I have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, do, I don't really know. Yeah. I'm quite happy, so. I mean, that's a great answer being like, I, I have, you know, I have got my mansion on the hill. Mm. In yeah. theory, you're, you're personal. Yeah, it's not. I I always I I also have struggle and issues and stuff and um, think about my life every now and then and and ask myself is it is it what I want is there anything I need that I don't have right now and uh, am I at the right place or do I have to go move on somehow. Of course, but right now I'm I'm quite happy. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I think that's I think like checking in with the the gratitude of it all. Yeah, every yeah. now and then. I don't think you'd be a creative person, or or even just a person, if you didn't um, have, have them those struggles. struggles and those doubts, right? Because yeah. if you were comfortable all the time, maybe it just doesn't seem normal. Yeah. You know, what about said, country singers? Are they? Are they? <laughs> Have they? Like, no, it's just, I don't know what I talk about country singers all the time. I'm obsessed with you. So you, is your next, your next EP going to be a country EP? I know, you're dropping hints. <laughs> so, yes. No. Did you do out by Oasis? Why don't you just go on the Is there any chance you can sound more Let's like a What's your plan B? Plan B. Plan B. Oh. You don't know the door. Yeah, What's that going to do when he's finished with the drums? No. This section is called uh, What is Jack Gonna Do When He's Finished With The Drums? Now, I'll explain. So, it is funny quirks, strange things, and maybe even annoying things that happen to you as an artist or as a creative that only you may know. Because or experience. You, yeah, or experience because you because you work in that industry. For example, and what the, what the segment is named after is a friend of ours who is a fantastic drummer called Jack. Whenever he speaks to his grandparents or his parents speak to his grandparents, they say, what's Jack going to do when he's finished with the drums? <laughs> and <laughs> they just don't get it. And they'll say, "Is you know, is Jack still good at drums? And he'll be like, yeah, still doing the drums. <laughs> um, I've got a little something this week. It's not necessarily a big thing, but if anyone else would like to go first, I, I, I yield the floor. No, go on. Do the honours. Show us, uh, yeah. yeah. Show us how it's done. I so as someone who's a producer, mm -hmm. um, I find it very strange, and I've noticed it more and more when you're chatting to some artists, and they may have a budget or a small budget, which they have to be very particular about. Yeah, because you know money doesn't grow on trees. Mm -hmm. So you're chatting to them, you're trying to figure it all out. And then it becomes very, very apparent that the majority of that budget is not going to go on spending. It's not going to go on, on, on the music, mm -hmm. the actual thing that they're trying to create. Right. Yeah. 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 I know, where you're Do you know what I mean. This. So it feels like people would have, let's say they've got, a, I don't know, let's say they've got a 3000 pound budget. Mm -hmm. I bet 70 60% of that might get spent on marketing or might get spent on something other merch. yeah merchandise something other than actually creating the thing that they want to create yeah and I, and at first I, I like I was sat there and I was a bit like you know if you're going to back yourself back yourself do it properly make it you know make it the best it can be and it doesn't matter how much it costs and you know you figure it out and you whatever but then I was like hang on I think I might have used I, I think I may have been that person in the past that person who what? Who like skimps on spending the money on the actual music. The actual product. And you know, someone's like, oh, I'll do you a mix. It'll cost you three million pounds. And you go, nah, I can get my mate to do it for 50 quid. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, but really, you should be thinking, why is that three million pounds? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a middle ground. Of, yeah, of course, there's a middle ground. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I I know what you're getting at, and I know what you mean, and I think. I was I, I was gonna say I feel I feel like music is one of the one of the few industries where you could actually end up paying more for everything surrounding the actual but the actual product yeah as opposed to the actual product itself but I think that's because like we have the luxury us three people here have the luxury of being able to produce things ourselves but I don't think somebody who is just an artist and doesn't even know what logic is would agree they would probably be like well actually it cost me 15 grand to record my last album maybe but i had to go to a producer yeah absolutely i know what you're getting at but i'm someone that they're talking to about doing that you know so they're trying to get me to do it for them or, or, or the studio that i work for to help them and they're like how cheap can you do it and you're like you shouldn't be asking but like you know like how how little hours will it take I want to know the least amount of hours that this will take. And I kind of, I know where they're coming from because they're, they're worried about being ripped off, but I feel like it should, and I'm not saying that these people are wrong for feeling like that. I'm just saying it is a thing and Mm. it's a strange thing. Don't you think? Like if you're going to buy food and you really want a good meal and you'd be like, how little can I spend on this food? You'd be like, no, I'm going out for a meal. I want to get the food. Uh, Yeah. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, I don't know. Is that I, maybe it to me? It sounds like it sounds quite privileged. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, because yeah. like the person who's like really poor but really wants to do music, you know. They, oh, they're hang trying on, to come hang to on. You whoa, and be whoa, like, whoa, 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 They're trying whoa, to come whoa. to you and be like, <laughs> "How little can you do this thing for?" I'm not saying that. I'm not talking about these people that come to you and you just think, oh, we should do this for free because they're that good and they're then they're really struggling. Right. I'm talking about people who have. Who have got budget. Oh, right. Okay. But, uh, okay. Do you know what I mean? And they're like, I've got this big budget. I'm going to spend 90% of it on marketing. Okay. So then you wonder where the priorities lie. Yeah. Is that, is that, has the industry created that? Has social media created that? Have musicians created that? No, I don't think so. No? Do you think musicians created this? I don't think so. No. We have, we have, um, we have a, a um, you know, something like a supermarket for technical stuff. It's yeah. called Media Mart. Yeah. Mm. And they have a commercial that says, um, Geiz is Geil, it's in German. And um, it, the, the core of, of that commercial is like, it's cool to save money or I'm, I'm cool when I save money. Right. right. Or I'm the coolest or the coolest guy is the guy who saves uh the most okay and and this is one uh, this is a sort of mentality that that is uh not only in music or that you can't f- only find in music in, in the music industry you, you can find it like everywhere um so and yeah it's 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 quite complicated um and i can totally get what you're saying um yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then there's another thing um what if you know the person Oh yeah. What if it's a friend or it's it's someone who's kind of someone you know? Do you do you like do you offer a special price? Do you do it for free? Um, and, and 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 another thing is if 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 this person or if you if you work together on something, no. If you make music and you work with someone who wants to do the artwork. Mm-hmm. And the one who does the artwork is also an artist. So can you manage to um, to work together? Uh, mm-hmm. Like, can you... Collaborate. Collaborate. And, I mean, how much of your own idea can you give away? How much freedom can you grant the other person? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, know what i'm talking about it's like yeah, it's really complicated and it can get you into serious trouble because both of 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 those persons have their sort of artistic and aesthetical idea yeah and you have to meet somewhere uh, halfway and it, it can be really really complicated and, and i'm so 
um, so happy that I found Alex. Shout out to Alex. Um, yeah. It's such a nice work with him because we are sort of on one level and it's no no issues. Like it's it can be really really hard to 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 collaborate. Yeah, yeah, and sort of share a vision on different mediums, but on the same project. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of artists, I mean, it's definitely why we did, but you become so self-sufficient in all of these parts and you collaborate and link up with people and create these relationships with people who are self-sufficient in producing and creating artwork and filming videos and things like that, because it, it's, you know, it's like you say, you don't, you don't, at the same time of not as not wanting to give away all of your artistic license, you also don't want to pay someone through the nose all the time because you couldn't keep the momentum of that project going if you had to do that. Mm. So in the end, you just you're just like, okay, fuck it. Tonight we're learning how to use Final Cut, and that's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's strange as well. I suppose when you when you have friends who are artists and you're collaborating with them, and but but so you know, money needs to exchange hands. Um. You can sort of say like, okay, I'll do them a good price because I'm friends with them, so we'll like we'll do it cheaper. Um, and I think that is always the one that that's going to win. But I've just thought, and I'm not saying this is right, but it never happens the other way around, does it? Where it's like they're my friend, I want to pay them more. Yeah, which is probably the way it should work. I'm not saying that's right or anything. And that person, if they accepted that, <laughs> would be a total dickhead, <laughs> being like. No, yeah, I'll take more of your money, friend. But you don't think about it the other way around. Yeah, that's I mean, I get, I, um, I don't know. I think we kind of do. Like, in, for example, we work with a friend of ours called Ben. And he, he does. There's your mention, Ben. There's yeah, your mention. You normally, get one an episode at least. He normally, <laughs> he normally falls into conversation at least once an episode. But he, he does a lot of um, video work for us. and For free. It, for free. And if we're in a position where we've got no money, then he sometimes is also in a position where he's like, I'm going to do this for the love of it. But whenever we have money, and I've always made a point of saying this to Alex, of being like, if, if we get funding or if we've got money off a grant or something like that, then the first person I want to pay are those people who... Absolutely. You know, those, friend, those, those close friends who are doing yeah. free. And to be honest, he, he probably would turn around and be like, yeah, but I'm still happy to do that, even though you've got the funds and put it somewhere else. But I'm like, well, no, because... I, I want you to have this money because now I have a chance to pay you. Do you know what I mean? So, actually, I think you probably do look at it the other way around. Oh, I, when, when you when you can. I totally yeah know what you're saying, but the the general consensus isn't. No, no, that. no. The general, the general consensus is. <laughs> you're my pal. Gave me it for free. <laughs> yeah, mates rates. Yeah. Well, actually, my mates rates are that you should pay me double <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> Um, any anyone want to bring anything else, or should we move on to the recommendations? Um, I don't. Mm, the the my only my only one that I probably would have had a little complaint about. We've already really spoken about, which is the live gig stuff. The sorry, the live streaming world, which we've spoken about. Mm, the okay. little weird thing of like not not having an audience there, but also having an audience there. So I mean, if you want to, you could always just copy and paste that bit from that bit of the podcast <laughs> and just stick it in. There. <laughs> How about you, Tim? Anything else, or should we move on to recommendations? Um, I, I would have one or maybe two additions to okay. um, section. Um, are you happy with the way friends support you? Like, if you if you release, <sighs> it's it's a tough question. I'm sorry, but. Uh, is, uh, <laughs> you don't have to answer, by the way. Like, um, maybe we can find some some similarities. Um, if you, I mean, you just told me that you have uh, bought the, the vinyl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you know, funny thing, most of my friends uh, haven't bought it. Don't have it. They don't yeah. do it. I, I don't know why, but they don't do it. I mean, and and I don't I don't understand because I am I am a person. Uh, you know, I, I played in a metal band years ago when I was a student, and and uh, when we met bands on tour or at some show, live gigs, um, I just bought their CD because I I just supported them, and even if I didn't really like their music, I supported them, and I scrolled through or I I um, I read the the liner notes and stuff. It, it was CDs at that time, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It was and I read the liner notes and the lyrics and stuff, and I, I listened to it, and it, it was interesting, and I just did it. And 
Um, so I can't understand why my my some of my friends don't do it. Don't just why don't they buy a CD? Why don't they buy See, a, it's, a vinyl? It's, yeah. it's really. It's right. First of all, this is an absolutely brilliant thing to talk about. <laughs> and it's, we've never spoken about it before on the podcast. Um, this and is just the right level of controversial for this podcast. It really is. <laughs> and, um, and it's actually super interesting to hear you saying it. And I, I say you because I mean somebody out of our immediate uh, group of friendship group of musicians because we went to... Um, a universe a music university and it was it, it ended up being quite a competitive place to be which was good in the one respect because it pushed you to be better but in the same respect it developed a strange relationship with your friends who are also musicians because you you are essentially in a band that's competing for space you know and especially when you're in a small city like liverpool um it, it, it's all it all gets very political very quickly right so in in that in those in that world I see how it becomes easy to not not support your friends, but not support your friends in the way that you would expect, like buying the merch and going to all the gigs and, you know, being like a proper fan. Um, and that, that made sense to me. And I was like, oh, that's probably why that happens. But to hear that that happens in a wider sense and to hear that that happens outside of my little bubble actually makes me go, ah, maybe... Maybe this is a, a thing. For me, the, the place that gets it for me is actually my family. <laughs> it's not my friends. I we we're like we actually we're actually quite lucky in the sense that we have. We've well, got my mum. We've got you. We've got your. She mom. makes up for your family. <laughs> but um, we we've got like there's there's definitely a select few people in our friendship group who are like avid. They will buy the t-shirt. They will buy the vinyl. They will come to the gig. They will yeah. shout on Instagram and like so much love to them people um and then you get the friendship group who are all and and I, I suppose I kind of let them off for this reason because I guess I'm I I am guilty of it as well you have the friendship group who are all musicians we're all doing this together if we bought everyone's fucking merch we'd all be skint <laughs> so you know we don't go to everybody's gigs we're all doing the same thing it's fine like there's no pressure but then when you get into the realms of like... Your family. Your family, you expect... No, 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 not your your family. My family. <laughs> you One's family. You ex They're the people you expect to not be... Not one's family. <laughs> your family. <laughs> you They're the people you, you expect to be at the gigs and to be shouting at you about you on social media and to be buying your merch and things like that. And, you know, but honestly, some conversations I will have with my mom and she will just be like... She'll so, be like, how are the drums going? Yeah, she... <laughs> She just she doesn't know, and there's members that you know there's people in my family who are still raving about a song that I released like seven years ago, Ugh. and they're like, "Oh, wasn't that so good?" And I'm like, "All of, look at all of the things I've done since then. Like, is any of that good?" <laughs> <laughs> so, and the thing is, I know I can say this on this podcast because none of the fuckers <laughs> listen to the podcast. <laughs> so it's so strange i like so yeah i it's so I perfect i fully get you i fully get what you're saying i'm there <laughs> oh my god i i think that we have a certain there are friends of mine and ours that have been absolutely brilliant and like they know who they are and i hope that i can support them as much as well as they've supported us mm -hmm. and i have tried to do so whenever I see the opportunity. Um, then, yeah, there are people that you're like, ah, they sh they don't give a shit, and then you kind of and then but then you kind of think, well, do I give a shit about what they're doing? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. But then again, I maybe I don't need to support them as much. Maybe they because that you know they they don't need that that sort of that kind of support in that uh, in that way. And then there's friends. And I've got a couple of friends who have like haven't spoke to in years, and then they'll just get in touch with me and be like, "Hey, man, listen to the latest podcast," or "Hey, checked out the latest thing." And strangely, that actually means more more to me. Yeah, that they just checked it out and liked it enough to get in touch. Because how many times do you listen or consume something and you're like, "Meh," and then just forget about it? Um, yeah, that's a well interesting question. It is, yeah, it is. I don't know what it is. I mean, the thing is, is 
I, I say that and then I feel bad because I'm like, well, okay, yeah, you know, you, you, cre- you, you are an artist and you create art and you expect the people close to you to support that art. But then if, you're, if your friend is not an artist and they do another job, that may require support, but you have no idea what that support is because <laughs> it's not in your industry. It's not in your realms of understanding. Mm. Um, do they like you know? Do, do you support them as much as you would expect them su- to support you? Yeah, I don't know. E oh my god, who the fuck is Peter Guy? Who's he, lad? So for people who <laughs> at home, we won't have noticed that just the whole internet just crumbled and we're going to use that as a pivot point to move on to the recommendations section of the podcast you know what if you hadn't have said that i reckon people just wouldn't have even noticed you probably wouldn't have (laughs) but you know this is a peek behind the curtain (laughs) um all right cool so this is called who the fuck is peter guy um i know it's close to the bone these days but basically for, for just for Tim's sake and for anyone who's new to the podcast, Peter Guy is a music reviewer from Liverpool who gave um, some of the bands that our drummer George has been in some less than favourable reviews over the years. So this is uh, George's way of getting back at Peter Guy. Although recent revelations in the news seem to suggest that other people may be getting back at Peter Guy. Yeah, it's a whole very thing. Very soon. It's a whole thing. Anyway... <laughs> So this is our review section with a positive twist. So rather than just reviewing stuff and being like, yeah, that was shit, we say that we want to recommend things rather than like, you know, chat about them in, in, a, in a way that's like, I think, you know, this, 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 and we'll give it three stars out of five. Just stuff that people should consume. Uh, other than your new, two new singles, mm-hmm. because we'll mention them. <laughs> um and that is uh, Stranger and Shelter, which are both out now on all streaming platforms um, with, again, beautiful artwork. So keep working with Alex because they're just enticing. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I have to admit that this is not made by Alex. Sorry. Oh, oh. well, keep working with him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to... Uh, yeah. No, um, it, had to, it had to be very fast and... Um, I, I I did it by myself. I just put a filter on some some picture and and that was it. Yeah, they look they, they look, <laughs> they're they really look, cool. Actually, <laughs> before we started this, I was like, I love that artwork again. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, um, yeah, hit us with some recommendations. Anyone want to go first? Uh, so if I if I can start, of course, go for it. Um, I would of course recommend Alex again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or people who who don't know him, he's called Zum Heimathafen. He's uh, on Instagram, and he his his artworks are so beautiful. He makes gig posters actually, and he made some gig posters for Deftones and for Foo Fighters, for example. Oh, wow. Wow. The, the big shit. Def, yeah. Deftones are one of my favorite bands ever. That is fucking awesome. <laughs> the, I think um, Around the Fur was one of my first. No, you know what? Just a short story. Um, yeah, around the fur, it, it was the second album, I guess. Yeah, around the fur. I think it was the second album. Yeah, the, the, the big one. They they got big, big with around the fur and the video for Charlotte, uh, my last summer with the yeah, shark. Yeah, the shark thing. Oh, oh, yeah. cool. And I just I I swear I discovered them. <laughs> in, in, my, in my town, I was yeah. the first one. Yeah. I, I I swear and. Maybe some people don't believe me, but I think I was the first one who bought Around the Fur, and I love it uh, until this day. It's such a great album. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I would like to recommend is another artwork um, queen. She's called Iri from the Block, um, okay. and she she has her very unique style. She she cuts and draws and puts some collage stuff uh collage style uh together and i really like it iri from the blog it's cool. um we put all of this stuff in the um we put the links to these artists in our bio so if anybody is listening is like want to check it out then go to the bio yeah, and it'll and be the, there and in the show notes to the podcast that you are listening to right now yeah all good if not all right sick sick yeah cool 
All right, first one for me is an album called Joshua by French 79. <clears throat> Never heard of him before. Just, again, saw the artwork and just loved it straight away. Um, the It's like a kind of squidgy 80s synth wave thing. It, we had just been listening to the soundtrack for Good Time, um, which is the um, the brothers, the... The, the 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 guys, the guys that made uncut gems. Oh, go on, hit me, hit me. The the the, the oh fuck, <laughs> those guys. Know. Um, well, they made a film called Good Time before they made Uncut Gems, um, which is basically the precursor for Uncut Gems, and it and it's this kind of like super stressful, you know, um, like sort of boiling part of a film i'm gonna recommend good time the film as well and the soundtrack from that film um but that then in the sort of linked artists for the soundtrack of that film were were, were with french 79 and this album joshua i think it came out last year and it's just it's just fucking cool isn't it like since like 80s synthy stuff like is it ever gonna get old like i'm a massive john carpenter fan Mm. so i kind of like that fusion between like rock and horror and squidgy synths mm-hmm. but this is like like it's just not going to get old is it no like it's never going out of fashion well it's not now they brought back stranger things <laughs> no that's true i say brought back just just brought stranger things <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um no that yeah i know what you mean but it also like it feels like there's a mad kind of jazzy element to this stuff as well it's the safety brothers by the way okay there you go um to the soundtracks, or to the French, or French seventy nine. To the soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtracks have a jazz inflection. I think. I think that's they. The French seventy nine didn't do the soundtrack. Oh, sorry. Um, Carry on. God, the soundtrack. The guy who did the soundtrack has been through all sorts of names. Right. Um, so his name is Daniel Lopatin. I think is how you pronounce it. Or if you're English, you just call it Daniel Lopatin. <laughs> and um, he then for for that's that's the sort of name he's gone under for. For, for uncut gems but for good time it's something else it's like honor thrick's point never it's he's changed his name around but it's the oh, same guy own thrick, own. um so i just recommend french 79 with joshua and then the good time soundtrack sweet that's me all right so oh, and good time as a film it's on netflix you can watch it you know so i've i've actually been listening to music no fucking way Cheryl harris look at you growing up i know i know so i don't i don't tend to listen to anything new um for anyone who's wondering why that shell's, was a thing. shell's the oldest but she's like she's like i've listened to i heard a new fleetwood mac song the other day <laughs> <laughs> and you're like yeah shell is that all you listen to fleetwood mac yeah, yeah fleetwood mac pink floyd they're good as well yeah yes they are shell pink floyd fleetwood mac and genesis just pretty much on repeat <laughs> so but i have actually been listening to new, some new stuff and i was uh recommended this actually by ollie uh lead singer of wide eyed boy who's been on the pub before yeah uh and this is an artist called agnes obel a fellow german man german man yes, yes. G- german uh, man yes he is a fellow german a fellow germ <laughs> not sure that's okay <laughs> I don't know if you can say that, can no. um so yeah agnes obel and i came across her because of a song familiar uh, which i think is it's not pronounced familiar uh it's I, there's definitely a different pronunciation but i'm gonna say it's called familiar um and to be fair just since i've been listening to all of her stuff and it is the the simplicity is so beautiful and it is so like uh enchanting it's incredible it's what the that song that brought me in is i think the whole way through it must just be like a voice a pitched voice a cello Mm. And like maybe another synth or, or some strings or something, but it's so basic and mm. so beautiful and there's so much space and it, yeah, she tells some really nice stories as well. So if you're looking for, if you're looking for basically the artist that I want to be, uh, then listen to Agnes <laughs> Obel. Um, then the, uh, second artist I'm going to recommend is called Kappa Mountain. Have we recommended these guys before? No. No. Okay. Kappa Mountain. I, I I don't know too much about them, to be honest. I just come across them because I was listening to a yoga playlist. And every time this particular song come on, I couldn't concentrate on what I was doing. So I was like, I need to listen to this song. Um, and the song is called Undergrowth. But 
when you kind of go through to their artist page, they've got lots of other bits and bobs going on. It looks like the majority is singles at the moment. I don't think they have an EP out, maybe. I don't think so. But they are another artist that um, when you go in and you look at their artwork, you'll be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Some, somebody's got some somebody's got some talent somewhere because cool. the artwork is, is really cool. So, yeah, I recommend them. That's a kind of... Um, well, I mean, the fact that it was on a yoga playlist, you can kind of see what it's going to be. It's kind of like chill hop stuff. Ambient. Ambient. Ambient chill hop. Mm. Um, Could you imagine them playing on a lake in Austria? 100%. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly where I'd put them if I had to, actually. <laughs> I, I have one more recommendation, maybe. Please yeah. do. Uh, you, should, you, you should watch, if you, if you haven't already, you should watch the Tiny Desk uh, concert the tiny yeah. desk show on YouTube, yeah, um, and and um, especially the first two songs uh, by Mac Miller. Okay, okay. Um, because uh, th- there's a guy called Thundercat. He he plays the yeah. shaker in the first one, and the bass and the bass line of the second one is so. <laughs> oh, nice! Thundercat's playing shaker. <laughs> In the first song, I placed a shaker. That is crazy. That's like getting like a fucking. That's like getting Maradona to hand out the water bottles. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> he, he does it so well. It's of course he does. Of course he does. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah, you, you should watch it. It's it's. I love okay. a good tiny really desk. Great. Yeah, and and it's really sad that, that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that'd be really poignant I suppose then yeah. that's great I think that rounds up uh, the that section for today and I think it wraps up the podcast for this week yep so this will uh, this will be dropping soon Tim I don't know why I'm telling the listeners that because the listeners are listening to it right now yeah but uh, <laughs> uh, thanks so much for agreeing to be on thanks for coming on thanks for persevering with us and our shit Wi-Fi <laughs> great to have someone on who we've sort of come into contact with because of us recommending it on the podcast and extending the sort of family across across countries and you know go on name the ocean uh no just europe go for europe (laughs) (laughs) we had we had a we had a composer on um recently called bo rain Mm -hmm. and um again he's based in, in mainland europe as well and like it's, it's been nice extending out. Yeah, it's been really good to hear about sort of music in different areas of the world and the industry and people's even even people's outlooks in the in those places. Um, and what's been even more interesting is how similar those outlooks can be. Like when you mentioned the friends thing. Um, so thanks for thanks for reaching out uh, and and you know keeping in touch with us. And uh, I'm sure everyone's really enjoyed this episode. I know that we have. Yeah, I definitely. Have. Yeah, everyone, stay safe, uh, stay healthy. Um, reach out if there's anything that we can do and remember that too much sauce ruins the fries it does and that is the end of the podcast that was a really nice hat I really really enjoyed that (laughs) I thought you said a really nice hat that's a really nice hat